You love me more than you love your wife, don't you, buddy boy? Who needs drugs when you have a for-real talking horse? This episode, we're watching Mr. Ed on The Showdown. Everybody. Welcome again to the podcast, and as always, the showdown is recorded in front of a live dog and cat audience. Meow. My name is Cliff, and this is a podcast where I, a television idiot, dissect one epic TV series with a television expert. So, Colin, how are things in TV land today? Wacky. It's about to get weird. Are they? Yeah, okay. that's what I like about it. It's All about right. to get weird. Weird in a bad way or in a good no, way? No, in a good way, in a okay. great way. Right. Yeah, well, we'll, I'm excited we'll about it. Let the let the listeners be the judge, uh, the judge of that. So, of course, this episode, uh, the, the subject matter is... Not just Mr. Ed, the famous Mr. Ed. That's right, the famous Mr. Ed. Famous. I'm curious how famous he is. I, I know. Well, that's the thing. He's really not famous. Well, he's on TV. No, I mean in the sh- in the context of the show, he he won't let anyone else know that he talks, so he's not famous. Well, he could be famous. Okay. Well, yeah, it's, it's it's true. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into it and see if we can jog some people's memories for a show that's it's actually pretty old. The original air dates for the show are 1958 to 1966 it's filmed entirely in black and white so it's pretty obvious that the age of the show is uh is uh, way back there it originally aired on cbs but one of the few shows in television history that was originally produced for syndication and then was picked up by cbs so i think it aired for the first season just kind of as, with direct sponsorship on some other channels and then, and then aired on cbs for the duration of its tenure and of course is a 30 minute sitcom i originally wrote my notes a live sitcom but revised i don't think it was filmed in front of a live audience it just had that laugh track that made it sound like it's a live audience but the sets look like they're they're not constructed for an audience to be in place yeah it definitely doesn't seem like they have a whole audience there uh, it ran for six seasons for 143 episodes the cast of course most of all, Mr. Ed. And the horse's name was Bamboo Harvester. Mm-hmm. Cast also includes Alan Young, Connie Hines, Edna Skinner, and Larry Keating. Yeah, an all-star, an all-star cast for sure right. from back right. then. <laughs> if, you're, if you're looking for standard white people, yep. you got them. Yep. But all the actors, I, I think, do a good job. It's, it's just a little, a little, they're all very, it's a typecast episode. It, you sure. could interchange this cast with a lot of shows from that era and it would... I would feel the same. So the description of the show is pretty short and sweet. There's not a not a high concept type of show, really. It's 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 a one note setup. So its description is uh, the misadventures of a wisecracking talking horse and his human owner. Full stop. That is the entire series, and in fact, that is it encompasses everything that happens. There is no no trips to Disneyland. There's nope. Nope. no nothing. That's all really, you need to know. Talking horse. Nothing really goes on. They they go to Dodger Stadium at some point, but that's really about as far off of off of the property as they get. And it's you know I think it works pretty well. It encapsulates itself. It's it's very formulaic, but uh, it does a pretty good job of of uh, holding up to that that standard. For sure. Yeah. So the ratings are actually pretty strong. We got a 7.1 on IMDb and an 8.6 on TV.com. Mm-hmm. It won one Golden Globe for Best Comedy Show in 1963, but unfortunately, zero Emmys. No Emmys. I, I got to say, I was shocked when I was doing the research on this show that it, it won Best Comedy Show in 1963. I think the maybe a lot of people are this way. When you think of this show, it seems it's almost like a joke. It's like a punchline yep. of, of a show. But, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later. Once you get into it, it's actually pretty well written. There's some reasons for that. It's It was uh, kind of interesting to go through and see who was actually behind the creation of the show. Yep. Seems like something that could pretty easily be 
a really terrible piece of television, but I think it's endured for for a reason. It, it ended up uh, being pretty pretty interesting. So uh, notable filming locations, uh, General Service Studios in Los Angeles. It was a pretty standard studio show, and I don't think they got too far off of that just because they had a uh, live animal <laughs> to oh, worry about. Yeah, so not, there, not a lot of places you can go with a horse. Right, weren't a lot of scenes other than crossing the street. The top-rated episode was season four, episode one, uh, Leo Duroche meets Mr. Ed, the famous Dodger manager. This is interesting because I think this encapsulates, much like uh, the Family Matters high-rated episode when Larry Johnson shows up, it's really indicative (laughs) of, of, at the time of the show, who were the popular pop culture figures. And back then, the Dodgers were a big deal, and so people were, were really excited to see that. Right now, that doesn't mean a whole lot to us back then. You know, it's like LeBron James shows up on an episode like that's going to be a hard. It's, it's that type of a deal. So the familiarity disclaimer on this show is I, I watched quite a bit of this show when mm. I was a kid. It was on. Did not know that. The network's called TV Land now. It used to be called Nick at Night. That's right. If you're familiar. When I was when I was a kid, there was a lot of Nick at Night going on. And I remember this show more than most others being on and specifically that this was my dad also loved this show this is not we'll talk about this this is this show is the epitome of dad humor yep. and so this is one of those shows <laughs> yes. i remember watching with my dad and him him laughing pretty hard at it and me kind of wondering exactly what was going on we'll, we'll talk about whether or not i've come to understand that here with this most recent thing but I, i've seen quite a bit of this i didn't remember a lot of the plot lines it's pretty forgettable as far as what's going on it's really just kind of a, a horse joke machine um, a lot of hay puns stuck in there. I'd, I'd seen a lot of the show before. I don't know if you'd seen very much of the show. No, I really hadn't. I uh, I probably I probably knew the theme song better than any of the episodes. Yeah, I, I think the theme song is probably the most famous part of the, the show about the famous Mr. Red. So with that, maybe we can jog some people's yeah. memories a bit further with a segment we like to call Theme Song Jukebox. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mr. Red. A horse is a horse, of course, of course, and no one can talk to a horse, of course. That is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. Red. Go right to the source and ask the horse. He'll give you the answer that you endorse. He's always on a steady course. Talk to Mr. Red. People yakety-yak the street and waste your time a day. But Mr. Ed will never speak unless he has something to say. A horse is a horse, of course, of course, and this one will talk to his voice, his horse. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. I am Mr. Ed. Yeah, so I, we normally <laughs> don't great. let the normally don't let the whole theme song play. I'll cut it off. This one, had to. I think, was appropriate. This is a song. I, I think even if you've never seen this show or weren't aware of what it is, you've probably heard this song somewhere before. It just kind of seems to permeate the uh, general pop culture, and so yeah. we love the song. Yeah, of course. Uh, the song is so popular, in fact, that before we move on to close-ups, I have another version of the theme song oh, to play great. for you, Colin. Good. Would Good. you like to hear it? Of course, I would. How about German, Mister Ed? <laughs> Pferd ist ein Pferd, ja, das steht fest. Ein Pferd ist ein Ding, das man wiehern lässt. Doch spricht es wie ein Mensch, so nett ist es nur der Mr. Ein Pferd, ja, das Pferd mit einem PS. Und daran ist gar nichts Besonderes. Doch wenn das Pferd doch singt, ich wett, das ist Mr. Hetz. Denke nicht an die Pferd, da ist bestimmt ein Pferdefuß. How, how do they get the German word for horse to rhyme with the German word for course? I'm not sure that I don't, I don't 
speak German. I don't and either. I would defer to some of our, our listeners. We have some international listeners. I don't know if we've seen any from Germany, but if we do, anybody that speaks German, I'd love to hear if that's a direct translation because yes. it seems to me <laughs> it's pretty great. It feels like it's somebody that maybe is pretending to speak German because the <laughs> refrain is Das ist Mr. Eds. And well, that I mean, feels, that's German. This is Mr. I Ed. guess that feels like somebody that's faking it, though. I, I feel like this guy <laughs> might. I don't know. So it, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But just an example, the, 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 the show was not reproduced in Germany. The song was reproduced in German. There okay. is no German version of Mr. Ed. There is only this clearly more modern version of the song. And so I thought that was it's not the only nice. one, by the way. Very it's Bavarian. One of those. Yeah, it's one of those things. They kind of where they polka did up a little yep, bit. Yep, sounds uh, great. And, uh, it, you know, it, it's a it's a it's one of the better theme songs I think we've had here on on the showdown. Well, I mean, it is great. Yeah, I have other favorites. Okay. I'll admit. Wow. Okay. Well, let's, <laughs> I'm just saying. Let's, like well, let's get into that right now in a All section. Right. We're a little bit deeper than the theme song here. Colin, are you ready for your close up? Of course. Okay. So close ups, of course, is is the part of our podcast where we talk a little bit more in depth about our feelings on the show upon the rewatch. So we just got done watching the show. Not only we had to watch it in spots. Normally it's all available on one service or another. This one, we watched a little bit on one service, a little bit yep. on another. There were some YouTube clips, some daily motion clips, that sort of stuff. Yep. Uh, so we're able to kind of piece that. We watched a lot of the show mm-hmm. and I think we have some opinions on the show. I, I have yeah. quite a few, but Colin, would you like to start us off? Yeah. I, I would just like to start by saying, um, you know, it took me a while to figure out, but uh, finally I realized this is a love story between a man and a horse. You got that right. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm on board for it. You know, they, they mm-hmm. fall quickly in love. It's a it's a platonic love for the record, mm-hmm. uh, but it's really sweet. You know, it's kind of a sweet story how Mr. Ed trusts Wilbur with this fancy secret. Yeah. And Wilbur loves Mr. I mean, he takes care of Mr. Ed. He does. Yeah. Um, I just I just thought it was great. It was beautiful. It is. It's it's a it, there's there's a wholesomeness about course, about the yeah. show for sure, which is not not unusual for shows during that era. But I, I made a note. Speaking of secrets, I think that's maybe a. a interesting place to start because that is the premise of the show. Just about every episode is predicated on this horse can talk. Yep. <laughs> Only one person in the universe knows that the horse can talk. Yep. And Wilbur is either trying to convince someone else that the horse can talk uh-huh. or trying to prevent them from finding out that the horse can talk. Yep. That That's <laughs> the every plot single plot line. <laughs> there were, you know, a, a hundred plus episodes of, of that. And so one of the notes I wrote was secret secrets everywhere uh, this show is really about how to cover up secrets. Yeah. It, it's it's a masterclass. Yeah, maybe, if it's, you will. maybe it's a giant allegory it, for Cold War something. <laughs> it is. I think I think a lot of stuff can happen. You know, it's it, a lot of stuff could could be could be drawn. But I you know, I will say, and this will be a theme, I think, for a lot of my analysis of the show, my my deep, thoughtful mm-hmm. analysis yeah. of the show, uh, is that the jokes are good. Yeah. On this show. Like it's some of it's, them are great. I was expecting to kind of watch the show and fall back into that feeling of, oh, these are dad jokes and my dad probably loves this show, but it's not quite, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily get it. Like it's, it's a little dated and it's not there, but it is. And I, I can't, a lot, most of my notes are basically a struggle between me trying to understand, was I wrong then? Or am I, <laughs> am I just like a dad now? <laughs> and oh, so boy. this, and so these jokes are appealing. Like, that's I don't, I don't question. know if I changed or if the world changed. Oh yeah. It's uh, just the eternal question uh-huh. as, as one gets older. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is, is Mr. Ed the constant? 
Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Does maybe. he live forever? Is he a magic horse? There's so many. There's lots of questions. Yeah, we we have so many. We have zero answers. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I will admit I kind of similarly went into the rewatch expecting it would be a lot of 50s style ladies be shopping and housewives be the worst. Yeah, kind of jokes, mm-hmm. and and there were there's some there were a couple of those. It's, it's um, the 50s and 60s. Yeah, suburban. You couldn't have comedy. jokes without that. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's very a lot typical. of a lot of the wife asking permission to buy things and that sort of stuff that was a little feels out of place today. But yeah, and not just to buy things, but for him to buy things. In fact, I sure. I wrote down one of my favorite kind of moments is Carol asked the neighbor lady. Mrs. Oh, who um, knows? Okay, doesn't, doesn't matter. It's not Mr. Red. I did <laughs> yeah. So she, so the premise is she wants a second TV for their bedroom, mm-hmm. and she asks her friend next door, uh, "How would you get your husband to buy you something?" And she says, "Easy. I just show him the sales slip." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Silence. Yeah. yeah. It's not funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, but you know, I mean, there, there were, there were some of those jokes, but in general, it was, it, it really was a show about a talking horse, and isn't that funny? And we have to keep secrets about it. Which I found I found delightful. Yeah, I you know I I, I think so. The, the time period of the show, I think, while we're on the subject, I was confusing for me. Like I I couldn't tell if it was just you know sometimes on TV they'll especially for TV shows they'll sanitize some stuff and clean it up and make things you know non familiar so they don't represent the time. But there's a lot of stuff that happened here. So for instance, one of the notes I I made is from the very first episode, season one, episode one. I wrote fifty dollars for a horse question mark yeah, like when they that's they, a deal they, they walk into this house that they just bought this you know what looks like a nice house yeah a nice suburban they call it the country mm-hmm, they go into the backyard which looks like a reasonable suburban backyard and there's just a barn with a surprise horse like i wrote surprise horse <laughs> exclamation point this crib is stocked uh and when they go when they go back to look at the horse uh the the wife carol is not super excited. And so we got to sell this horse. And so they have somebody come with the whole plot line of the first episode is they got to, they're trying to sell the horse and don't know we can talk yet. And so anyway, the guy that comes to buy the horse is like, yeah, I'll give you 50 bucks for it. And he's like, sure. It seems like a low price for a horse, right? Yeah. I don't know what the going rate for a horse is right now, but I mean, the guy didn't, yeah, the guy didn't know he was a talking horse. That probably would have upped the price a little bit. Yeah. If any of our listeners are horse dealers that have been in the <laughs> business for the last 60 years or so, if you could write us and let us know if $50 is fair market rate for the horse, we'd it'd, it'd really help clear some things up. Yeah. I additionally would like to know what kind of scale you would put on that based on the fact that it is a talking horse. Right. Just, well, just fair. Is it, is it a 5% markup? Well, we don't, nobody knows this talking horse besides Wilbur. Well, I know, but I'm saying if they did know, okay. it, would, it would raise the price All right, for well, sure. Perhaps. Uh, so another note I made is... Uh, on the, on the, well, I'm talking about money, uh, is are these people rich? It's kind of says during the course of the show that he's an architect. I don't think she works. Oh no, she doesn't work. It's, it's 1958. No, it's, it's a nice house with That's a, a with nice a house. barn in the back. It seems like a, I don't know. It, they, they act like they're rich, although he complains about, you know, spending money every now and then, but it, it it's the classic TV sitcom yep. issue, I guess, where there's, that's good. You can ask that question about most of these TV sitcoms where they're, you know, full house. They're living in a, you know, a, a million dollar townhouse in the middle of San Francisco. And you're sitting there saying, well, they write jingles on the radio and they're paying. I don't understand. Oh, like there's, there's a lot of stuff that, that happens where you can't quite understand how people are living in these giant, cause they have to build it as in terms of sets and that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's mostly a product of the fifties were a different time, especially the, the, 
times were just different back then, you know? People people made more money and could afford nicer houses. Plus, they say it's in the country, so. So on that note, something else about the time period I, I made a note of here is it just wrote separate beds, exclamation point. There's a lot yeah. of, this is one of those shows where there's still the married couples, every time they show a bedroom scene, they're still in separate, like, twin beds. Which is crazy because they show them kissing and talk about how much they kiss all the time. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, a, all the it's time. a relatively forward show, and then all of yeah. a sudden, I don't know if it was just a, a stand, standards just and practices yeah. type of deal where they just, on network TV, they couldn't... I, I believe it. that's probably true. I, I probably should know that based on television history, but... You, you uh, have worked in standards and practices before. I have. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, part of my job there was not knowing about the bids well, in the 50s. Well, it's, it's a real missed opportunity. That's right. So so maybe we that's a good a good point where we can shift gears and talk a little bit about the show itself in terms of is it funny? Oh yeah, it's funny. Okay. Yeah, so it's funny. I, I, I asked the question. I, I thought I knew the answer, and then the more we watched <laughs> it, the more I kind of came to the conclusion that not only is this show funny, this show is really, really funny. Okay. You know, and it's I struggled with it because I I think part of me didn't want to enjoy the show as much. Although oh, you I, thought that if you enjoyed it, that it would be a sign that you were getting older and turning into your father. No, so, not I necessarily. I'm, I'm I already turned into my father okay. many, many years ago. <laughs> All right. Uh, which is which is you know in my case that's a pretty good thing. That's but I, I think I think my concern was is is my sense of humor in a spot where a, you know. 10 year old me thought was something that was sort of lame. And I, I think oh, the truth yeah. is, is that I just, I probably didn't understand a lot of the jokes that were happening, but it's, it's not edgy, but it's funny. The jokes are really well written. And so the more I started to look at it, I understood why it was. There's a lot of really good comedians behind the show. We'll go through this in some of the facts later, but one thing that may be timely to point out here is that the show was produced, the person that produced the pilot was was George Burns. Yeah. So he makes an Later appearance. guest star, yeah. Yeah, Jack Benny was also involved wow. in the making of the show, and along with some other, you know, what are legendary comedians. So I, I think the show shows that. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. a really silly premise. Like, it's really ridiculous and kind of, it's, it's to the point of, uh, you know, it's a fantasy in a lot of ways, but it's written pretty well. There's a lot so. of, if you like puns, if you like hay puns, <laughs> you're in for a treat. A lot of more horse jokes than you can handle. Yep. The the delivery of the lines, it doesn't, you know, it seems like it's something that ought to be really, really dumb and silly. And, and it is in a lot of ways, but it, I found myself laughing quite a bit. I wasn't laughing nearly as hard as you were, however. <laughs> That's true. You were That's true. very I much enjoying it. this show. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those shows where, and, and I'll talk about some of this stuff a little bit later in, in other segments, where, you know, if you can if you can sort of grant the premise, then it's it's great, you know? You, mm-hmm. do, you don't have to think too hard about it. It doesn't take itself too seriously. You don't have to... You don't have to be too smart to understand the jokes. They certainly don't have any kind of political bent or anything like that. It's it's just a very straightforward comedy. And, you know, I'm, I think that's really refreshing sometimes to watch. Yeah. I, one of the jokes I've made a note of one of the times you laughed the hardest, in fact, it was the <laughs> the last episode. Uh-huh. Uh, Mr. Ed goes to college uh-huh. and he has a lunchbox and they open up the lunchbox and the only thing that's in there is hay. Yeah. Which is really dumb. Classic. But the way, the way, the way they present it is, is pretty funny. They wrote lunch on the box. Yeah, and he's just wearing it around. It's just tied to his yeah. to his collar. Like, it's, it's really great. silly. It's uh, so and then I, I read, made an additional note. These hay jokes are solid gold. Yep. Uh, Get it? Because hay is gold. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. See, I could have been a writer for this. Shut it down. Every, shut it down, everybody. <laughs> Let's turn off. Can we turn off our mic? Is that? No, I, I thought that was, I thought it was great. I thought, you know, I'll, I'll get into, I don't want to, I don't want to get into what I'm going to be talking about later, but okay. I, I will, I will concur that those are, 
Okay. Those are great jokes. So a couple of a couple of last notes I had here. Uh, I wrote to no one's surprise. It's like my dad wrote this show. A lot of oh. jokes that from what when I was a kid I probably rolled my eyes, but now it's it's pretty funny. I think my dad might have been right about this show. He it was it was a very quotable show for sure by my father. I remember you know I I, I have resisted <laughs> doing the voice here okay. on the podcast so far, but uh, it's you know it it was a regular part of my dad's routine. What the the John Wayne voice? Well, just the the deep Mister Ed. Yeah, John uh, Wayne voice. Mr. Red voice. We'll talk about the voice. There's an interesting story behind the, the man that's the voice of the show as well that we'll talk about a little bit later. I also made a note, uh, spinoff idea uh, is Major Ed. Okay. I think that was, that's something. Major that Ed good. makes yeah. a short appearance. I think if they yep. were going to revive the show, which did you know they've actually talked about, there's a movie deal, production deal right now for a movie about Mr. Red, which is which is interesting. They've tried to, to remake the show a couple times over uh, over the course of television history. Yeah, I I have a couple of things more to say about the actual Mr. Ed. He spends a lot of time on the phone, which is crazy. Yeah. He's a real gossip hound. Back then there weren't unlimited minutes either. So I, I you know not. that phone bill was. Well, it was interesting. They mentioned the party line at one point and, and it sort of brought back a weird memory of my mom talking about party line when she was growing up, which mm-hmm. would have been, would have been a little bit later. Yeah. I made a note just kind of as an aside that the, they, they're asked for their phone number a couple of times and, and the phone number that they give. So let me, let me, let me set the scene for you here. Yeah. Someone asks, what is your phone number? The response is simply poplar nine one seven six nine. Yeah. What is that? So I, I actually know this. They use the first two letters of the word as digits. So a lot of times when they're trying to say that a phone number, you know, standard TV and movie stuff is they use a 555 number. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they'll say Klondike 5. So it's KL5. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so sometimes they'll take the first two letters of whatever the numbers are and turn it into a word so it's easier to remember. Okay, I think you're making this up. No, so I'm, I'm not. Gonna, I'm, I'm really not. You could Google it. If you look, if you wanted to if you wanted to give me a hard time be like now is an inappropriate setting. Why would setting. you give you a hard time about so Klondike like Now everybody knows what a dummy I am <laughs> and I hope you're satisfied. That's not true at all. You're not um, a dummy. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think don't you're a dummy. Science. So uh, speaking of dummies, um, how do they get the horse to talk? Oh, I'll tell you how to get the horse <laughs> okay. to talk. I'd love to, I'd love to tell you. So uh, it, initially there's a nylon thread system that they use oh, for the horse's horse. lips. Yeah, I don't think they, it's not like a Ooh. piercing situation. They just kind of lay it in his mouth. And like wiggle it. And so the story is, is that they did that for one season. Eventually the horse learned to move his lips on his own when they would touch his heel, like his oh, back heel. Wow. And then eventually the horse got good enough. Bamboo Harvester is this horse's name, the yeah. superstar yeah. of a horse. Eventually in later seasons, the horse was good enough to where he didn't even have to touch his heel. He would understand that when <gasps> the actor stopped talking, he would just kind of move his lips randomly. He became so, a true professional. Yeah. He really I learned, love that he story. really learned his craft. So much. That's incredible. Yeah, there I'm was so a, glad you were able to share that. There's a rumor for some of uh-huh. our listeners out there that might know this at one point that uh, they had the producers put uh, peanut butter in the horse's sure. mouth. And yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. would happen. There was, it was kind of, it turned into like this weird urban legend, but it's since been debunked. It was the nylon threading. And then eventually just the horse being trained to, I'm going to touch his heel and uh, just, just as a reaction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I kind of thought it was the peanut butter thing. And then I was thinking, well, they couldn't have done that because given how many takes they would have had to do, he would have had to eat so much peanut butter. He would have put on weight or gotten unhealthy or, or developed a distaste for it or something. <laughs> yeah. Look, <laughs> <laughs> why is that funny? It's true. If it's every true. day, all day, every day you had to eat peanut butter to move your lips. 
Yeah. Never mind. Well, I, that's, right. well, that's, how I, that's, how, that's how I talk. I don't know if that's, that's just well saying, known. if you were a horse. You put peanut butter in my mouth every morning and okay. that just gets me going. So, so You're Colin, welcome, by the way. So you, you do know, I hate to break this to you, I just, yeah. do have some bad news. That is, yep. that is not the horse's real voice. I know. Okay. Do you, I don't. I just want to make sure you're you're aware of that. The, yeah. the horse's voice was actually provided by Alan Rocky Lane. He was mm-hmm. the voice of Mr. Ed, a not so well known B movie star hmm. at the time. And there was a bit of a controversy with with Mr. Lane, in that he did not want to be associated with the project. He wanted he provided the voice, but did not want to be associated with the project at first when they were making it out of credibility issues. I think sure, there was perhaps yeah. some embarrassment because with the concept of the show, if you told somebody you're making it, oh, would, Mr. Ed, you yeah, know, even even funny. George Burns walks up to you, you're going to kind of roll your eyes. But after the success of the show, the the wild success of the show, he wanted credit, and the producers would would never agree to give him credit for Yikes. the horse's voice throughout the duration of the show because he refused to be associated with it in the beginning. Wow, that's that's that is some gossip from Hollywood. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting to real, see them really burn him. Some real blacklist stuff there going yeah. on for sure. And I'm and I'm glad that he's professional enough not to let that impact how he voiced the horse. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So so a couple other facts while we're while we're on the subject here. Alan Young, who plays Wilbur Post in the show, was also the voice of none other than Scrooge McDuck from DuckTales. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. As well as Haggis McHaggis from Rin and Stimpy. Okay. If you're if you're familiar with yeah. a smaller a smaller part. Uh, but Scrooge McDuck is, you know, is walking around in the show. It, I think credit to him for Scrooge McDuck is not just a voiceover artist. It's a pretty thick Scottish yeah. accent, yeah. a Scottish duck, nonetheless, right. which That's is right. even harder. So that's some, some pretty good range on his voice. It was a later rich Scottish later duck. in life. He was a little a little older when he did that, of course, because this is of course DuckTales from the 80s, the 80s, like the cartoon yeah. show from the 80s. Yeah, and so this was a ways on. So the show Misread was actually based on a series of children's books, as well as a series of movies called Francis the Talking Mule huh. uh, that shared the same director, Mr. Lubin. And so that's kind of, it wasn't just out of the blue. It was based on the concept of a talking. Sure. Talking animal. Equine creature. Sure. I'll, uh, I'll say it. I like a horse better than a mule. Okay. I think it's a much, wow. much improved uh, concept. Well, your Twitter's about to get. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can at me all you want. Horses rule, mules drool. You're about to get hoofed. Okay. <laughs> so, and then the last thing, the last kind of interesting note I, I wrote down here was this, this series of notable guest stars on the run of the show. We watched a couple. We watched the George Burns episode, yep. like you mentioned yep. before. I'm a big George Burns fan. I'll admit it. In addition to that, Mae West was on That's this show. Right. Clint Eastwood was on this show. Zsa Zsa Gabor. Uh-huh. Jack LaLanne. Wow. And Sandy Koufax. Along with a uh-huh. number of other Dodgers, of yeah, all the Dodgers that we mentioned were on the team in in the year that the thing was made. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Dodgers that showed up in uh, the show about Mr. Ed going to Dodger Stadium. In fact, and I, playing I, baseball, he actually out. plays baseball. It's yeah, incredible. I made a note. It was the high street episode, so we had to look it up. I, I was excited for baseball horse. Not sure how he got in the stadium, but this is magic. Yeah, it was incredible. It was a it was a really good episode because. You know, it starts out that he's kind of an expert about it and he's given them advice and all of that's really helpful. But then he actually gets to play and it's great. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. He picks up a bat with his mouth and, you know, puts some put some, you know, some ropes out into the outfield. And yeah. it was it was impressive to watch. That's right. Yeah. So on that note, on that riveting note, <laughs> uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up close ups and have the showdown orchestra play us out. That is majestic. Now it's time for our most unpopular take. Let's get over dramatic. 
Cliff, do you want to start us off with an unpopular opinion? Sure, sure. So mine, I, I kind of already touched on a little bit. I'll just kind of read what I wrote here. You know, my dad loved this show uh, and still does. For all, for all, he, for all I know, he's sitting at his house right now watching <laughs> Mr. Ed. And, and dad, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, I want to tell you, I, my, please accept my apology. <laughs> I thought the show was cheesy when I was a kid. It's not. And I was wrong. Uh, Mr. Ed is for dads but not just for dads. Oh, that's yeah. nice. I, you know, it, it's one of those things. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of questioning some other choices that when I was a kid, I kind of steered away from because it, you know, I'm like, Oh, well, if my parents like that, it can't be too cool. Yeah, Maybe we should be listening to Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Oh, I, I like Crosby. Stills, okay. Nash and Young. Wow. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They're good. Yeah, I'm exposed here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I think in, in this show's case, I thought the show was pretty funny. I would recommend it to people to watch in a contemporary setting. I think there's, value in the show i think it's got it's well written it's got some good jokes in there it's not too serious it's good it's it's popcorn television that you can kind of watch we were able to watch it with our kids in the room yeah which we can't always do they you know they they love to stare at a talking a talking horse (laughs) just as much as we do yeah our our (laughs) one-year-old son was just screaming and pointing at the television he was really excited uh but i you know i i thought that this show was cheesy i think a lot of people out there that haven't seen it probably share that opinion look at it and say it's a show about a talking horse that's ridiculous Next, I think the show's worth a look. Yeah, that, that's great. That's a great unpopular opinion, and I'll I'll add to that by saying it. It feels it feels very like kind of early television in that it's it's a one note show, and yet it it worked. My unpopular opinion is a little bit different, mm-hmm. and it's going to sound a little crazy. Let's hear it. I'm but, excited. <laughs> but in a show about a talking horse, kind of think there could have been more of the horse. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. There, like well, it's a little scene, late for yeah, that. <laughs> Well, this scene, this scene we're watching now, there's a ton of stuff where it's just like you said earlier, it's just Wilbur trying to prove that the horse doesn't talk or trying to prove that the horse does talk. Kind of just want to see more of Wilbur and Mr. Ed hanging out. Okay. More right. horse. Yeah. Okay. Wait, did <laughs> Not you say, enough Mr. Ed. Did you say war horse or no, more I horse? Said, <laughs> I said more horse. Which, by the way, just, I just had a brilliant crossover idea, but we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll save, save that for that. a different uh, a different time and place. Yep. I, I, I would agree with you. I, certainly the star of this show and the person with the, the best lines is the titular yes. Mr. Ed. <laughs> yes. And we, I would, would I like to see more of a talking horse always? Yeah. yeah. Oh, why not? Exactly. Why, you know, I, I'm not a communist. Of course I want <laughs> right. to see more of a talking horse, but you know, I have to write something. Like I think if, it, if the show was just only Mr. Ed delivering lines and like talking to himself <laughs> or kissing himself in the mirror, yeah. which at one point it might get a little, a little stale. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were, there were just some scenes that, that I was like, you know, this is a lot of backstory for a premise about, just, just give me more horse. Okay. Well, I'm sorry you hated the show. Nope, and, not at all. Not uh, at all. With, I'm with saying that, I loved it. With that, we'll go ahead and take a break here uh, now that Colin has offended scores of people uh, out there. I apologize to our audience for her her just foul temper okay. today. All um, right. <laughs> uh, so we'll go ahead and take a break, uh, but stick with us because when we come back, we're going to hand out some awards and pass some judgment. And we're back on The Showdown. All right, time to get fancy. It's Dundee time. Cliff, I think you should start us off. How about you start with the worst? Sure, yeah, I'd, I'd love to. You know, it'd be my honor, in fact, to, to hand out some of these these prestigious awards. So we'll do this in reverse. We're going to hand out a, a worst award for this show. 
you know, a, a lot of shows wouldn't be so bold as to have a worst category and a best, but we do that here. We yeah, go out on a limb for different. our listeners because we, we care. We want people to know the truth. And so the worst are, are the, the post animal care habits. Aww. You know, where does the horse run? And this is going to get a little bit sad, but one of the things that kind of kept nagging at me okay. if you want. I think we're done <laughs> during here. the course of the show. That's right. I broke out a nag pun. <laughs> Uh, it was that they buy this house and it's this nice suburban house with a backyard and a barn, but there's no horse field as far as I can tell. Mr. Ed just kind of stands in the barn and every now and then he'll kind of walk down the street and go to some college or the ice cream shop or whatever, but it's not, there's, there's, there's not a horse area. They don't own a horse farm. It's just a house with a horse in the back of it. Yeah, that's weird. And so it's not mentioned. I know it's just kind of for the convenience of the show, but like at some point it could have just dropped a line in there that said, yeah, hey, why don't you go hang out in that horse field behind the barn that nobody can see? <laughs> why don't like, you go for a run like you do every day? So my, my worst were were presumably the the post-animal care habits. I feel like they weren't taken as good a care of Mr. Ed as they yeah. could have been. Well, that's too bad. It I, is. I yeah. agree. Yeah. You know, mine is related, it turns out. My award for worst undie mm-hmm. um, is, is very related. And that is in the series finale when Mr. Ed had dreams of becoming a doctor and Wilbur just didn't support him. Yeah. Well, it was really sad. He's a pretty terrible doctor in, <laughs> well, in Wilbur's defense. He also doesn't have thumbs, so I don't know how he's going to be a surgeon. That's true. But he does have four hooves. Yeah, but how do you how do you cut into Well, four hooves and a mouth is like five fingers, right, mm. if you think oh, about boy. it. So okay. it's like it's like a one-handed surgeon. Yeah, that's, you just that's have probably to, You have to do it upside too. down on his back. Okay. Don't think about it too yeah, hard. It, it would right, totally work, right. though. Yeah. I, look, if, if, if I needed emergency surgery and the only physician available were Mr. Ed – I would let him operate. Okay. I'd let him operate. Cool. In fact, yeah. That's in my living will. I, okay. I, mean, I don't know if you've seen that lately, but I had that added that midway Mr. through Ed. the watch is Mr. Ed is my preferred physician of choice okay, if well. something unfortunate were to happen. I think you mean Dr. Ed. Sorry. Yes. That's yes. true. He, he did look through the window for <laughs> for eight years of medical school. Uh, right. He deserves to. He deserves that title. It was great. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk about my best here. My best is, is not super exciting, but something that for me... I was I was appreciative. So my my best Dundee was for for the barn office. So Wilbur's job, he's an architect yep. and he works in an office that's just in a barn. Uh, and I just wrote more live animals at work. Oh. I think that should be necessary. <laughs> like he's working, he's presumed. I don't, I've never actually seen him doing any sort of architectural work, but he does have an office. Why there's a phone. I yeah. guess out there is the only reason they have like, a lot of phones. The only excuse they could make to have a have a phone <laughs> yep. that Mr. Ed can kind of pick up and prank call people with. But uh, his office is in a barn where there's a horse and chickens and baby elephants. At one that's point, right. there's all sorts of stuff roaming through there, and so that seemed like a lot of fun to me. And so my best award, among many things, you could give best to a lot of things in this show. I, I did enjoy it. The best for me was was that barn office. I thought that was pretty cool. That's great. That's great. Yeah, mine mine are similar. I have two bests. Um, and, and frankly, I'm just going to be honest, they're tied for best, Okay. not one over the other. So we'll, we'll start with the one. I, I think the best award goes to the fact that we all just kind of grant the premise that there's a talking horse. No Mm -hmm. questions. Yeah. Don't, don't think about it too hard. It's just as a society, we've agreed. Yeah. All right. There's one talking horse. Literally only one person can, can, he talks to only Mm -hmm. one person. And I think it's great. In fact, at the beginning, I think Wilbur says, I don't understand it. And Mr. Ed says, don't try to. 
it's bigger than all of us. Yep. It's, <laughs> it's point, like, poignant yep. words from yeah. the horse. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm on board. Yeah. You know, Mr. Don't, Ed is, don't make is me think about pretty, it. Pretty, uh, pretty deep sometimes. Yeah. 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 He is a profound horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, and then my second Dundee tied for first goes to the prop masters. Mm-hmm. As Cliff mentioned, I was real into the hay lunchbox. Oh, yeah. Um, there, there were all sorts of really, really fun visual jokes that were direct results of really creative prop masters and, and just thumbs up all around. It was, it was just great. It was really funny. Yep. Hashtag he jokes are solid gold. Yep. Yep. He, he wears some giant glasses many times throughout the show. There, mm-hmm. There's just a lot of stuff. It's great. Yep. They, they go out of their way. I think because they had to, they have to have had exhausted every type of horse joke possible Yeah. in the run of this show. Oh, I'm sure the writer's room just has like one wall that's just hay jokes and another mm-hmm. wall that's just horse puns, right. all of it. And they're like crossing them off as they're using yeah, them. No stone unturned. That's right. No stone that's unturned. Right. Uh, so I, I think those are, I think those are some pretty sensible awards that we've handed out. Yeah. Shockingly again, no, and this show's older. So a lot, you know, unfortunately bamboo harvester is no longer with us. So, Aww. so it's not, not here. We tried to get him to do a guest spot. Uh, on the show, but uh, he's, you know, he's uh, turned into a lot of Elmer's Lou. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> I knew you were going to, and I was trying uh, to stop you with my brain, uh, and you did it anyway. Well, that's what happened. Okay. Uh, and so <laughs> we'll take really these sad. awards, and uh, we will we'll set them free in a in a field to roam and play and, and uh, go live in a, a farm. Upstate. Upstate. I think yeah. that's that's probably the best thing. Uh, and with that, we've, we've gone over a little bit, and so I can already hear the Showdown Orchestra trying to play us off. So we'll, we'll get out of the way. Okay, Colin. So just it's time to get serious. Okay, I need you to buckle down. This is really important. We well, we've got to go before the judge and give our closing arguments. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. So closing arguments is the portion of our podcast where we give one final impassioned plea about our feelings on the show and try and defend the score that we're about to lay down. We're each going to give this show a score on a scale of zero to five stars. And then in true star search fashion, we're going to combine those scores for a total out of 10, zero to 10 stars, and then put that show into the landscape of all the showdown shows that we reviewed so that we can see where it falls on the, on the leaderboard. And so Colin, would you like to, would you like to go first with your closing arguments? Yeah, absolutely. So I I don't have a lot of written remarks, um, mostly just because the show is, is such a simple simple beast, you know, not, uh, not that Mr. Ed is a simple beast. He's a very complex beast, Mm -hmm. but, but it's just very simple. It's, it's, it's a really good show about a man and a horse and whether or not that horse can talk Mm -hmm. and whether or not that's a secret or not. Well, it can, it is a secret. I know. I'm just saying like part of the show is about the fact that he has to hide that or, or, but we can see the horse talking. No, I know. I'm just saying. Okay. I don't know that you do yeah, that. You know what? Never mind. You saw that horse talk. I, I you will, were there. I will continue to ding my score. The okay. More you oh, boy. All right. All right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It is a great show. Um, I enjoyed it more than I expected to, which is which is kind of, that's on me mm-hmm. for not expecting 
comedy writers in 1958 to to be able to serve me up something that right. 60 years later I would find enjoyable. Well, their their track record's not been great. They were, <laughs> right, they right. Were, they were beating the odds here for sure. Yeah, but uh, you know, there there were some real laugh out loud moments, but there were also moments of like, okay, yeah, we're we're not laughing in every second. Sure. <laughs> the show. Um, and I wow. also just found the ending really kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, that's that's um, true. It was, was kind of a, a bummer. It was a weird finale. It was kind of wasn't a finale. It was just yeah, another just episode. Ended. There wasn't any yeah. service to this is the last show, which was strange. Well, and I think that that's probably more a product of the time, you know, shows sure. ended, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> go watch Bewitched or something. Okay. You know, never. <laughs> all right. But so anyway, anyway, for all those reasons, I thought, I thought it was a solid show. Um, certainly not, you know, one of the greatest shows ever, but, but a solid show. I gave, I gave it 2.7 stars. 2.7 stars. <laughs> look, what is happening right well, now? Honestly, I had to, I had to look at scores that I gave other shows and, and do a whole, like, is it better than that show? No, I don't think so. I don't know. It just ended okay. at 2.7. Wow. I know. It's, the... I, I had to, I had to try to figure out reasons why it wasn't higher than that. And I really don't have any. It's just, I don't know. 2.7. I, okay. Wow. <laughs> You're real I, mad at me. I, I can't, sorry. I can't pretend protect you from the listeners on okay. this one. They're yeah, like, it's I'm not saying it's a bad show. It's it's above average. It's below average. Well, 2.5 is halfway between 0 and 5. I don't think that's true. Okay. <laughs> I need to check your math here. All right. So, so I'll give my closing arguments. Wow, I'm still reeling from your, from I, your I know, score. I that's, know. That's, it's that's, tough I, I don't know. So anyway, uh, so this show made me laugh more than I expected, right? Kind of a common theme. We didn't think it was going to be that great because we weren't super familiar. It was funny. I, I wasn't funny all the time. Like you said, there were some, some definite misses, but I think that's a lot of, it's, it's a volume issue at some point, but it was funny. It has problems typical of the era. There are no minority characters from what I can tell anywhere on the show at any, at any point they, you know, they a couple of Dodgers players was really, that was, I mean, there wasn't really anything going on. The, the, the feminine roles on the show, the female roles on the show were not super empowered, <laughs> uh, but that's, that's kind of, you know, the, the way those shows were back then. It doesn't make it right. It just kind of uh, the way it was, but, but it was well written. I think as far as a, a joke delivery machine, it was performing at, uh, at, at peak level. So, and then the final note I made is also, you know, the horse, that horse is a stud. Uh, Again, so, if I could cut your microphone off right now, I would. Well, you can't. Yeah, you can't do it because I have wrapped my microphone in titanium. It cannot be, <laughs> cannot be cut off. I will stay on the air. I gave it a plus 0.5 points for sheer volume of horse puns. Okay. Overwhelming the amount of horse puns they work in here. The final score that I gave this show, Miss Greg, which I feel is appropriate, is an even four stars out of five. Wow, that's that's pretty great. Yeah. It's a pretty high score. It's the right score. All right, all right. It's the right score. So uh, that gives us a grand total of 6.7. That's correct. Which is, which is just... I apologize to everybody out there that, that feels like this score is is uh, is lower than it's represented. We'll, we'll perhaps revisit this in a future episode. But for today, you know, we each have uh, we each have a, a score that we give, and that's that's the story. So six point right. seven is the final score. We'll uh, stop now and do all the all the paper. It's just a mountain of paperwork. It's that's right. really it's a lot of paperwork. Really a lot. It's of, not even digitized. It's which un- is weird. It's an unnecessary amount of work. But we'll fill out all that so that we can enter the score. Put it up on the website so you can see it in relation to all the other scores on our big leaderboard. Uh, we'll take a really quick break, but. Don't go away because when we come back, it's game time. Yeah. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the showdown. Colin, it is time for what I consider to be the, the very, very best part of our show. The most fun for me. Are you ready to play some bonus rounds? Of course I am. Here we go.
All right. So bonus rounds is the portion of our show where we're going to play some games. It's it's competition at the highest level. That's right. We're going to play. We're going to spin our big wheel. To the death. Well, well, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a single host show. Yeah, I, I know. That would be awful. I, I refuse. <laughs> to the pretend death. I refuse to combat you to the death, Colin. Well, thank you. I okay. appreciate yeah, that. That's well, very sweet of you. It's, it's illegal, I think, first of all. Yeah. Nonetheless. So we have, a, we have a giant wheel here that we're going to spin. It's chock full of uh, games that we've invented ourselves that are, by most people's definition, Pretty stupid, but we've always liked to play them. We, we like to play them here on this show. We're going to spin the wheel. We're going to play three games in three rounds, and the best two out of three will be considered the winner of this episode, the champion of the coveted Mr. Ed episode. Colin, are, are you ready for this competition? You bet I am. Okay. All right. So would you like to go ahead and spin the wheel yes, first? Let's, okay. Oh, boy. We've landed on one of my personal favorites. This is Who Wants to Be a Martindale. So, yeah, so Who Wants to Be a Martindale is a game that's, that kind of asks a pretty simple question about one of America's foremost character actresses, Margot Martindale, one of our favorites. If you don't know who she is, IMDb, she's probably been in a lot of the shows that, that you really love. She's a really America's great character sweetheart. actress. She can kind of do anything. Yeah. Uh, and so this show simply poses the question, You, ha- if you were to replace one part from this show with beloved character actress Margot Martindale, who would it be? And why? Okay. Colin, would you like to go first? I would love to. Yeah, mine's simple. Uh, It's the weak point in the show, I'm sorry to say. Um, But but, uh, I think if Margot Martindale were in this character role, character's role, uh, I I would probably give it a higher than a 2.7 stars. Okay. So my my replacement is Carol. Okay. Yeah. I would like Margot Martindale to play Carol. Okay. And you have that's a, it because <laughs> I don't think she does that great of a job. And I think Margot Martindale would bring to light more interesting dynamics between Carol and Wilbur. Okay. And certainly, you know, I think that would probably inspire Mr. Ed to talk to Carol. OK, so well, so this is going to this is going to get interesting. OK, because I, I have the same answer, Uh oh, but I have a better reason. Oh, yeah. let's just see about so that. My answer is also that I would have Margot Martindale playing the, the part of, of Carol Post yep. in the show is the is the character's name. And the reason is because I envision her taking the role and turning it into sort of an altered storyline, right? So in in the similar way that she plays, like Mags Bennett is one of of our favorite parts she plays on Justified. You know, she would have a a completely separate business going. So by day, you've got kind of like the story of Wilbur and Mr. Ed is a sideshow compared to like the criminal enterprise that she's secretly running out of this house would explain why they can kind of pay for all this nice stuff out of the blue and what better distraction would you have for the things that you're setting up and, you know, bootlegging probably whiskey off of what I consider is probably a horse farm out behind the barn than this crazy talking horse and, and, uh, and her husband that's kind of doing all this stuff with their wacky adventures. Meanwhile, she's, she's tearing it up and she's, uh, you know, giving people poison apple pie whiskey and, and all that stuff's going on. So th- that's, that's my reason is I envision her taking that part and making it something that's, uh, that, that could be its own other show. It's kind of the better call Saul to Mr. Ed's Breaking Bad. Interesting. But in my scenario, <laughs> here we go. Mr. Ed talks to Carol. Yeah, she know. Do you think that? Do you think that if Margot Martindale were playing the part of Carol Post, 
in that fashion, she wouldn't have figured out that that horse can talk. That's what I'm saying. Of course she, she knows the have. horse can talk. No, Mr. Ed isn't talking to, to Carol Post. In this version of Mr. Ed, she is smarter than Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed is not the smartest person on this show. It is Margot Martindale's part. And so oh, she's huh. she's got everybody pinned down. So look, I'll, I'll stop I gotta there. I got to be honest. I don't know that I want to watch a show in which Mr. Ed isn't the smartest character in the show. You do and will watch this show. <laughs> it is it is a it is a beautiful piece of television in this golden era that we're enjoying. So I'm going to, I'm going to claim the first round. I feel like, wow. All I, right. I feel All like right. I, I took that answer Fine. and I really pushed it to the limits and, and I'm, I'm proud of that show. I quite frankly want to see that show. I mean, I would want to watch that show too. I just also wouldn't want to watch my show. Let's get that in production. I, right. I think that's the way to go. So, All so, right. so round one, I'll, I'll, I'll take uh, credit for, for sure. winning that one, but there's two more rounds to play. Yeah. Yeah. It's and anybody's ball game. We don't know what's going to happen. That's right. So I'm going to go ahead and spin the wheel again. Colin, you ready? Okay, great. Right, here we go. Oh boy. So for the first time, a game that hasn't actually come up on our wheel just yet, this is a game called High Definition. That's right. So so this game is is very simply to try and answer the question, what is this show about as viewed in an altered state? Put that as nicely as I can. So so what do you... What do you see when you look at this show? So I'll, I'll go first on this one if you uh-huh. like, Constance. You went first in the yep. last round. My here's here's my answer. Okay. Right? It's it's not exciting, but I think it's the truth. This show is viewed through an altered state. Is not any different than what you look that what how you watch it normally. It's it looks exactly the same. The horse is talking. I think what would happen is if you were a little bit high watching the show, you would probably watch it and think that if you weren't high watching the show, it's just a show about a non-talking horse, <laughs> right? And you just, you've, you've had way too much peyote and whatever <laughs> mescaline, or I don't know what's going on. Wow. I don't know what kind of drugs <laughs> you would have it? to take to like see a horse start talking. But I think that's kind of what happens is it would be confusing in that state because you would think that you were seeing a different version of the show. And in fact, you're just seeing the way that the show was presented. So that was exactly my answer. Yes. Um, you could tell because I got really mad and made all sorts of gestures. I did. When, you were, you looked yeah, very agitated. I'm, I'm annoyed because, you know, I think it's a great answer. Yeah, um, sure is. I, I can come up with the another answer I one. I just gave. Right. Well, that we both came up with at the exact same time. Um, and it, I think it just speaks to what is this show mm. about a talking horse. It's yeah. something that, that people high would like to watch. Um, I, you know, I, I would also add that I, I think the show is also about communism in that is it's all about. Oh, please, if we're please really, continue. If we're really high, okay, again, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> again, this is my second answer uh-huh. that I'm making up on the fly. It's, a, it's an allegory about communism uh-huh. because it's all about believing what you think you see and knowing when to trust yourself. Uh-huh. And when you need to keep something a secret sure. and when you need to uh, try to convince other people that something's happening when mm-hmm. they don't believe that it's happening. Okay. Yep. Okay. So we'll go ahead and wrap up. <laughs> I can see. I Stole can, my answer. I can, what can I say? I can see you're struggling a little bit. So <laughs> it's not a terrible uh, sometimes, sometimes bonus rounds here on the showdown are about order more than they are. So, you know, I agree that your answer was a great answer. It was just better when it was my answer before it was your answer. And so okay. for that reason, it was just technicality, call it. I don't think sure, it's, I don't think sure. it's about, yeah. you know, it's, it's about uh, ability. I think it's about. It's, it's the penalty kicks details. of bonus rounds. Right. But nonetheless, that yeah, does no, give I get it. to, you won. to I get me it. and I, I'm the winner. But it, it could be for the first time a clean. No, no one's ever swept bonus rounds here well, on, on we'll the show down the history of our show. We'll so see. that's that's what I'm working for now. And we've got one more round to go yep. for you to salvage some of your. Which I'm going first on, by the way. You, you are. So would you like to go ahead and spin the wheel? Yes, please. All right.
Oh boy, you, well, right. you might have an advantage here. This is a game called Lost Cause. So, I love that so theme song. Yeah, it's, it's not even a theme song. It's just a, it's a theme noise. I know. It has a theme gesture too, but you guys can't see it. So, so Lost Cause is a game where we have to choose in the fashion of the show Lost, which we're both very familiar with the fans of, sure. of the show. In that show, if you remember correctly, I know you remember, Colin. Of course. They have gimmicks in the show called a flash forward or flashback and a flash sideways in some points. That, so this game is about taking the show that we're, we're watching on this episode, Mr. Ed, and trying to create a flash forward, a flashback or a flash sideways that has something to do with this show. So if we were to transpose it into the, uh, the style of Lost, it would make sense. So would you like to go first? Absolutely. Yeah. So mine is about the, the series finale when, when Ed is talking, Mr. Ed is talking about uh, wanting to be a doctor. He talks about his mother and how she always wanted a son who was a doctor, mm-hmm. which I think just raises a lot of questions about their dynamic, you know, clearly he's he's tortured by disappointing the the thought of disappointing his mother, and, mm-hmm. and oh, I, yes, I would yeah. love to see a, a couple of episodes devoted to the backstory of Mister Ed and his mother's relationship. You yeah. know, does she also talk? Do they talk to each other? Can anyone else hear them? Sure. Um, what are, what are the family dynamics like? You know, right. what what has she taught him about being who he? How how has she influenced who he is sure. as a horse? Right. You know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think that's good. I think that's really good. So so my answer is a flash forward. It's I'm just going to warn you in the listeners, it's pretty dark. Oh, boy. It's pretty dark. So it's flash forward, we'll say 200 years. Because my belief is that Mr. Ed is an everlasting horse. I think he's magic. I think that's the only thing that explains why he can talk. I think Mr. Ed has always been here and will always be here. And so my flash forward is to an apocalyptic wasteland 200 years in the future where it's just Mr. Ed walking around. There's nobody else there. He's kind of talking to himself, kissing himself in the mirror perhaps okay. if he finds some some different things. But uh, it's a it's a very solitary flash forward, and it's, it's over an instant. So we get maybe 10 seconds of him just kind of walking around and then all the way back to him talking to Wilbur and back into the comedy. And I think that would make for a very interesting, jarring dynamic to think about the non-permanence of our situation and how, you know, everything around us is temporary. We're really just a, a, a blip on the grand scale of time. And I think Mr. Ed is the perfect vehicle to kind of let everybody know that not only are we not very important as far as the universe is concerned, but life is so valuable and so precious that we should live every moment to its fullest. And I think that's the real message of Mr. Ed, Colin. Yeah, okay, but like his mom's backstory. So I think no. we have a sweet, ladies <laughs> no. and gentlemen, for the first time ever. I disagree. I think we have a sweet, we're, let's go to the poll. No, like, again, we have to polls. check with the listeners. Uh, we Wow, we've got a lot of feedback coming in. It's not it real. Looks, it looks like a stock ticket right now. It's, it's, it's spiking up and down, but it, it's, it's. I have to say, it's not even close. The third round has been, has been handed to Apocalypse Ed. And so for the, for the first time in in our shows, albeit brief history, we have a sweep of the bonus rounds. Like I don't even know what to say. I'm, I'm proud of my accomplishment. Uh, I feel bad for for you. I think you put in a worthy effort. It was it was very close on at least one one of the rounds. Wow! Uh, but I'm going to take this honor and, and run with it because I, I think uh, you know I worked hard. I've been training. A lot for this. Okay. We watched a lot of Mr. Ed shows. Yep. You know, I, I've been working my mouth with nylon a lot in the last week or so. And so I, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, proud of this, weird. I'm proud of this victory. Yeah, for sure. So we don't have any, any listener mail 
to read today. We will for the next episode. So, so with that, I, I will say that we, if you listen, there's a there's a post credits treat that oh we've boy. put in for everybody. So if you'll hang around after the credits, better we've got a little, than German, Mister Red. But it, I think so. All I think right. Perhaps. So, All so right. if you hang around, we've got something to listen to you. But for now, we'll go ahead and wrap it up until next time. So, uh, so thanks for joining us here. Uh, we hope everybody had a good time. We always have a good time making the show. It's a lot of fun for us. Please come and visit us so we can hear what you're thinking at www.showdownpodcast.com. You can play along with us. You can check out the leaderboard, listen to older shows, send us some email. You can also contact us on Twitter at the Showdown Six. Uh, we love to hear from you. Show ideas, anything else? And as always, I'm Cliff. I'm Colin. And this is the Showdown signing off. All right, men. One, two. Got to date a little later when the moon is on the trail. With the cutest triple gator, my pretty little filly with the pony tail. <laughs> Got a bag of oats to call with. Hey, I'll bring her by the bale. Want to share a double stall with the pretty little filly with the pony tail. Gee, if she would just agree, she'd be mine today. But no matter when I ask, the answer's always name, 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 name. She'd name that day of a wedlock. I would be there without fail. Got the ring made for her fat lock. The pretty little filly with the bone.